Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. of God, I believe. I know it doesn't have any boundaries. It's not confined to this building, but anywhere where two or three would get together, begin to lift up his name, he draws near to them. So right there, wherever you're at, just begin to lift up the name of Jesus. God, I'm asking you, this same presence that we feel in this building right now, Lord, let it move into living rooms. Let it move, God, into kitchens and dining rooms. Hallelujah, God, let it move, Lord, wherever two or three are gathered. And they're lifting up the name of Jesus. I pray, let this same presence of God, hallelujah, this presence of God that breaks chains, uh, this presence of God that sets captives free, that gives hope to the hopeless. Uh, God, let it move throughout this community. God, let it move throughout this city right now. Hallelujah, Jesus, you are holy, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With, it, with every head bowed right now throughout the scripture, the Bible gives us so many different attributes. So much, so much of the nature of God is revealed through various names that he has given. He's called our advocate. He's called our counselor, our redeemer. Amen. The bread when we're hungry, the water when we're thirsty. Amen. He is our provider, Jehovah Jireh. He's our banner. He's our healer. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to focus on one attribute of God, maybe an attribute right now that is just present in where you're at. Maybe, maybe you have a sickness in your body and you need to know him as your healer. You need him to step in as your healer. Maybe he's already done the work and you just want to praise him as your healer. Maybe there's a financial need right now and you need God to be your provider. Or maybe he's already done it. He's provided and you just want to praise him right now. I just want you to focus on one attribute of God. And I want you to begin to praise him right now. Lord, I thank you that you're our deliverer. I thank you, Lord, that you're my way maker. Hallelujah, Lord, when I couldn't see a way through. God, when all I could see was the end of the road. When all the road signs said it's a dead end. God, I want to thank you because you made a, no, a way out of no way. I want to thank you, God, because you made a desert in the river, in, in the wilderness. You made a river in the desert, oh God. I want to thank you. Lord, because when the enemy said there was no future, God, you stepped in and you gave to me a future. In the name of Jesus, God, you gave me a hope and a promise. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you today, Lord. We thank you that you're our healer. We thank you that you're our provider. We thank you that you're our deliverer. We thank you that you're our strength. We thank you, oh God, that you're our comfort in times, Lord, of grief. In the name of Jesus, we worship you. Now let's just give him praise right now for those attributes. Let's give him praise for his character. Come on, he is love. He is life. He is hope. In the name of Jesus. Amen. For your seat, I want you to find somebody there around you. I want you to tell them whatever you need. Whatever you need, he is. 
Amen. Whatever you need. I don't, I don't have to know what you're going through, but I already know he's the answer. Amen. He said to the crowd that was gathered, the Pharisees, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He wasn't talking about something he used to be. He was talking about the fact that he's always exactly what we need. Amen. Aren't you glad to know he is the I am? Amen. He is the I am. Amen. Amen. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter number 13. And we want to say thank you to everybody who has made their way out today. I recognize that the weather was less than favorable. I know that there were plenty of reasons, if you were looking for one, not to be here today. But I want to thank you all for making your way out. And I'm looking forward to good weather when we can all get back together again. I'm, certainly those of you that elected to stay home and uh, road conditions, I'm not guilting you or shaming you at all. I'm just thanking those that are here today in the building. Amen. It's a lot more fun preaching to people that are in the building than it is uh, to cameras and empty buildings and so forth. Amen. So thank you all for being here today. Amen. I recognize we have several guests that are here today. We want to welcome you. Living Hope, I know it's not everybody here today, but can we do our best to let our guests know that we're so glad they're here today? Amen. And our regular Sunday morning schedule, I, I don't know if it, such a thing exists anymore as regular, but our regular schedule is uh, Sunday mornings. We have Sunday school at 10 o'clock and then worship at 11 uh, this morning we elected not to have Sunday school to give a little bit more time for the roads to clear out for everybody to get here safely. Uh, but next Sunday, Lord willing, we'll be back to Sunday school. Don't forget Wednesday night we'll be having service here. And we certainly invite you 6.30 prayer, 7 o'clock church. Uh, next Sunday, 9.30 prayer, 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship. And uh, those of you that are online today, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. Another parable spake he unto them. Kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. And then in Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Amen. Take heed and beware of the leaven. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven. Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to just simply today preach on this thought, kingdom come. Amen. We want the kingdom of the Lord to come. We want thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Um, First of all, I want to say to all of our guests that are here at the conclusion of our service today, my Valentine, my wife, my sweetheart, and I would love to have a moment. Thank you. That helps me with the brownie points when you do the all thing. Thank you for that. Um, but at the, at the conclusion of service today, my wife and I would love to have just a moment to greet you. We have uh, in the center room right there, Brother Moses, if you could wave your hand. That, there you go, right there, that room. Uh, we have some refreshments there. Uh, provided for you, and we would just like to have about two or three minutes of your time uh, to greet you and get to meet you and, and uh, introduce ourselves to you. So that'll be at the conclusion of the service today. Amen. Kingdom come. I told you 
A few weeks ago, I preached on that Sunday morning our vision for 2021. Uh, that is resource, that I believe that God is in this year is going to shift our focus on the purpose of the church. Uh, that, that doesn't mean that the, the, the purpose of the church is no longer there. I don't believe that it's time for that we no longer need the church, but I believe that the reason that we come to church, that we need to shift our focus a little bit, that I believe that if we're not careful, and, and I reference the book of Acts chapters 1 through 7, that the church at Jerusalem had kind of become their source. Everything that they needed was right there in Jerusalem. The church had become their source. And uh, that, that's fine and dandy. That's good. How many of you know that uh, that's good, that when we need things, we should come to the church. When you, need, when you need strength, church is a good place to come. When you need peace, church is a good place to be. Amen. When you need joy and you need renewing, church is the right place to come. All right? You're not going to find anywhere else what you can find in the church. But in Acts chapter 8, there was a shift that took place because before Jesus left, he told them that the church was not just meant to dwell in Jerusalem. It was also meant to get into Judea and Samaria and, and, and all the nations of the world that, that the church was supposed to spread into those nations, and, but it was only existing in Jerusalem. And so the transition came when persecution came against the church. Now, there was still a church at Jerusalem, but rather than it being their source, it became their resource. That they would come to Jerusalem to get training. They would come to Jerusalem to get the resources to get, uh, to get uh, sent out by the apostles that were at Jerusalem. And then they went into their world and they began to impact their world with the preaching of the gospel. And so I believe in 2021, the church is not going anywhere. The church is not going to decrease. The church is not going to die. The church is not going to struggle. My Bible tells me that of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Amen. The kingdom of God is going to get stronger. It's going to get better. It's going to get greater. It's going to reach further. Amen. But, but the church is going to become a resource where we come and get trained and we get equipped so that then we can go out and do, as the Bible says, the work of ministry. And so I want to continue today. Probably most of my preaching in this year is going to kind of bear that theme out. As I preach today on kingdom come in life, we daily handle and we associate with things that are simply objects. They're inanimate objects in and of themselves. Perhaps they were created for an invention, yet they can be nefariously used for something other. The object or the item that is in and of itself neither good nor bad, depending upon its usage, though, can be either good or bad. A list of examples that I would use to draw from to accentuate the point this morning. A knife, a butcher knife, for example, can be used to carve up a delicious cut of meat. One like the one I hope to share this afternoon when I take my wife for our Valentine's dinner. I'm going to get a nice, thank you, you guys, you guys got the cue, thank you. Are you listening really good? All right, all right. But that, that knife can be used to cut up that that selection of meat, providing nourishment and strength to the consumer. Yet, that same knife can be used as a weapon to bring harm and hurt to an individual. Social media is another one of the, an instance that I would draw from that there's good for social media. It can be used for good. And we can keep in touch with family and friends. We can share important updates in the happenings of our lives. And, uh, and by the same token, it can also be used to share mind-numbing information 
about yourself. Amen. The strange rash that you're developing. Amen. I don't know why you thought that was a good idea to share that on social media. Somebody needs to tell you that's a bad idea. Petty grievances and nameless foes that are always out to get you that you passive aggressively call out on social media. The incredibly disturbing videos of you doing dances that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Sharing with people that you shouldn't be sharing with. Anyway, that was my soapbox for the day, just saying. Social media, my point, can be used for good and it can also be, it's just a tool. It's how we use it that determines what it will do. Technology is another. Technology can be used to send messages in moments that, that might have other, otherwise taken days. We can send an email that just moments. We can communicate with people continents apart. If we were sending that through snail mail, that same information would take maybe days, even weeks to get there. Research to find an answer for perplexing problems. Technology increases our safety and security and a host of other redeeming qualities. However, that same technology can be a cesspool of sin and debauchery. They tell us that with the invention of Technology, pornography is now a plus $3 billion business. Again, it's not, technology is not the sin. It's what we do with that tool. Images of children and minors are passed along by perverts and pedophiles at an alarming rate. Again, it's not technology that is wrong. It's what we do with technology that makes it wrong. So whether it is a butcher knife, whether it's social media or technology, the object in question is neither good nor bad, yet can also be both good or bad depending upon its use. And while the recent trend has been in banning inanimate objects, if we deem that object as being evil because somebody did evil with it, we just ban the object. And my, my point is today, you can ban knives, but it won't be long before somebody's going to come up with another invention to replace it. If you eradicate social media, people will still find a way to tell you things about themselves you didn't want to know. If you shut down technology, you will not end perversion. One such object that we find in the scriptures possessing the same quality of being neither good nor bad, yet at the same time having the ability to be both good and bad or bad, depending upon its context, is identified in our reading from the scriptures this morning. Matthew chapter 13 verse 33 as well as Matthew chapter 16 verse 6 both identify the substance called leaven which is not the number between 10 and 12. It's just lost my brownie points. There they went right out the window. Thank you Scott. The use of leaven within the context of biblical days and customs would likely play a similar role as it does in modern days. Leaven, or yeast as we might know it, is an active ingredient. And it's called that because it's actually a living organism. It is a single-celled single microorganism that is actually a second or third cousin to the mushroom. It may be even a first cousin. I just know it's a distant relative. I didn't trace the whole family lineage down, but I know they're related. While there are actually over 1,000 species of yeast, the type that is used in the process of baking bread is Saccharomyces cerevisiae. There we go. I, I butchered that one. I practiced it this morning for like 10 minutes. 
Cerevasiae, there we go, which means sugar-eating fungi. That, that's what yeast is. It's a sugar-eating fungus. And these fungi are mixed in with the other ingredients. And I don't care what you tell me, I'm still eating bread. I don't care if you tell me it's a fungus and it's cousin to a mushroom, doesn't matter. This afternoon with my steak that I'm going to get, I'm going to have a slice of bread. I love bread. I don't, there's nothing you could tell me that would make me not eat bread. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, so I'm having me a slice of bread today. But these living microorganisms are mixed in with other ingredients. And the way that it works is they begin to feed on the simple sugars that are contained in the other ingredients. They consume them as sugars and then they release them as carbon dioxide. They release them as gas, which is what causes the bread to rise. They feast upon the simple sugars and they release the carbon dioxide. And the result is the bread rises and then we put it into the oven here is the key about leaven. It will never stop transforming what it is mixed into. It will never stop transforming what it is mixed into. The only thing that stops the process of yeast transforming its environment is one of two things. Either the heat of the oven or it runs out of things to transform. There's nothing left for it to touch. And the moment that it no longer has anything to touch, it stops working. And the moment it gets put into the heat of the oven, it no longer works. And in Matthew chapter 16, the leaven of the Pharisee and the Sadducee is called out in verse number 6 when Jesus tells his disciples, beware, be careful. Everybody tell your neighbor, be careful. Be careful, and this still applies in 2021. Beware of the doctrine, or beware rather of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In verse number 12, Jesus goes on to identify what this leaven is, this doctrine is. It is, he says, it's the doctrine of the Pharisees. The leaven that you need to be careful of is the doctrine of the Pharisees. It is a contagious teaching and this teaching will not stop transforming whatever it touches until it runs out of things to touch or it gets destroyed by the heat of the oven and Jesus says to his disciples beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees just a quick summary of what these two doctrines are and this is truly just a summary there is a much deeper study on these doctrines that we should and will do here in the future. But first of all, the doctrine of the Pharisees was a self-righteous doctrine. It was justification by keeping the law. In other words, the Pharisees would not believe in grace. They would not believe in a salvation that came by the work of somebody else. They were fixed upon a salvation that came only by the work that they did. It was a doctrine of hypocrisy because, you see, the Pharisees took a law that had been given to them and they added other laws. They added so many laws that it was impossible for anybody to keep. In fact, the Pharisees themselves could not keep the law. And still today in this hour, we've got to be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. We've got to be careful 
of 11 of hypocrisy making its way into our life because it's really easy to begin after a while thinking that you're the one that turned your life around, that it's because of all the good things that you have done that the mercy of God has been bestowed upon your life. It's really easy to get to a place that you no longer live the word of God, the same word that you tell others to live. You no longer live it yourself. And so I preach on this Sunday morning, 2021, beware of the leaven of the Pharisee. Don't forget it was the blood of Jesus Christ that saved you. Don't forget it's the grace of God that drew you out of sin. Don't forget it's, the, it's Calvary and the cross that paid the price for your sin. If it had not been for the death of Jesus Christ, if it had not been for the burial of Jesus Christ, if it had not been for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's 11, it's 11, it's... It's a leaven that, that works. It's a leaven that, that begins to consume everything around it. As, as long as there's something to get a hold of, it will, and it'll pass through a church and destroy it. And the Sadducees, the doctrine of Sadducees was that of skepticism. They didn't believe in anything supernatural. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in demons. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe in anything supernatural. They, they, the faith was a, just as grace was an, a kind of a, a, a distant subject from the mind of the Pharisees, so faith was from the mind of a Sadducee. They would never have believed that a man could be put in a grave and three days later rise. The Sadducees missed out on that one because they didn't believe in the supernatural. And if we're not careful, that same leaven gets into a church and we no longer believe that there's a devil that is out to destroy your family. We no longer believe there's a devil that is out to destroy your marriage. We no longer believe that there are demons that are actively at work in our world today. Beware of the leaven of the Sadducees. But also they don't believe in angels. They don't believe that there's a heavenly host that is fighting for your family. That there's a heavenly host that is fighting for your marriage. And that if God be for me, who can be against me? The leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees was their doctrine, their teaching, their influence. And 2,000 years later, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees is still alive and well in our world today. Influence is what the leaven represents. It's neither good nor bad, but it's both good or bad depending on what you allow to influence your life. That's what leaven is. Leaven was the influence of the teaching of the scribes, or rather of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It's, it, it's all about what you allow to influence your life. And in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and she hid in three measures of meal until the whole was leavened. In Matthew chapter 16, we are told to beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But just as dangerous as the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees, equally as delightful is the kingdom of heaven. Just as the doctrine of the Pharisees has the potential to get into everything it touches, 
just as a doctrine that is hypocritical can get into your life and begin to convince you that you are righteous without the blood of Jesus upon your life. Just as the doctrine of the Sadducees can get into your world and begin to make you skeptical of anything supernatural, so too is the doctrine of the kingdom of heaven. That the kingdom of heaven, if you will allow it to, can get into every part of your life. The kingdom of heaven can get into every area of your family. Equally, does the influence of the kingdom of heaven have the ability to get into everything it touches and transform it into a better way of living and a new way of thinking? Amen. I don't walk like I used to walk. Can I get a testimony today? I don't talk like I used to talk. I'm going to go way back in the day. There's only a few of you that will remember. But we used to sing a song that said there's something on the inside uh, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Uh, It's Jesus on the inside working on the outside. Uh, Oh, what a change. That is, that is the leaven of the kingdom of heaven. It's when God begins to work in your life. It gets that on the inside of you. And it begins to change the outside of you. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is how God's kingdom comes to earth. That is why we are instructed to pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And so it is, whatever you allow, whether it's the leaven of the Pharisees or the leaven of the kingdom of heaven, it's what you allow to influence your life that is going to be what gets into the whole lump. Amen. There are so many today that want to play with the devil and wonder why can't I live a godly life. They've got, they've got the, the leaven of, of the world mixed all throughout their life and they wonder why can't I live godly. They're consumed with carnal desires and then they wonder why can't I think godly thoughts because you need to understand that's how leaven works. You let a little bit into your life and it gets into every part of your life. I want to focus on the influence of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus goes on in Matthew chapter 16, verse 33, and tells us that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And he says, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until the whole lump was leavened. Now, there are a few factors about this leaven of the kingdom of heaven that allows it to permeate and infiltrate every area of our life and the potential to transform and convert the whole world. Things that we must do if the kingdom of heaven is going to get into every area of our lives and raise every facet of our world. Listen, those of you that are discouraged by the condition of our world, I want to tell you, it's nothing that a little leaven of the kingdom of heaven can't fix. Those of you that are concerned about things that are going on in our world, let me tell you, the answer is the church needs to get contagious all over again. The answer is the church needs to get the leaven loose again. Come on, we need to let the leaven get loose in our worship services. But there are things that we must do if the kingdom of heaven is going to get into every area of our lives and raise every facet of our world. So I'm just going to kind of take a commentary approach to this passage of Scripture and break down a few things that I have found in this Scripture that we must do if we're going to see 
the kingdom of God get into every area of our lives. First of all, the scripture tells us that it was taken by the woman and it was hid. I'm not going to rely too much on typology this morning in the preaching, but when we look at the first part of the scripture, it tells us that a woman took this leaven. And it was a woman who took the leaven and she hid that leaven into three different measures. Now the type of the woman in the scripture is a type of the church. Amen. Both in the good or in the bad. And for example, in the book of Revelation, when it talks about the harlot, it's not talking about a, prom- a promiscuous woman. It's talking about a false religion. It's talking about a religion of idolatry. It's talking about a religion that is worshiping the things of this world. The church is refi- referred to as the bride of Christ. Revelation chapter 21, verse 9 come hither. And I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. Revelation 19, verses 7 through 9 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Ephesians 5 and 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 27, That he might present it to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And so it is, my point in those scriptures today is to bring out for you today that the woman in the scripture is a type of the church. And the Bible says that the woman took the leaven which was the kingdom of heaven. Can I tell you today that the influence of the kingdom of heaven is going to get into our world today only through the church of the living God. The leaven that is going to lift the world around us today is not going to come when we get the right politicians in Washington, D.C. It's not going to come when we get the right amount of money in our bank account. The leaven that is going to lift our world is going to come through the bride of Christ. It's going to come through the church. It's not going to come through a group of people that get together on Sunday just to play church and shake hands. It's going to come to a body of believers that get together and say, it's time for some bread. It's time for a move of God. I wonder if anybody believes we need a move of God today. Anybody believe our world needs something that will lift it, something that will raise it up. We can either sit around and complain about the condition of our world or we can do something about it. And the only thing that has the power to raise the world is going to come through the church. It's not going to come through corrupt politicians that are controlled by bribes and blackmail. It's not going to come through media that thrives on fear and division. It's not going to come through an education system that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's not going to come through science that rejects the very existence of God and seems to always have some scientific fact for the person with the biggest purse. No. If the kingdom of heaven is going to come to earth, it's going to come through one entity. It's going to come through the hands of the woman. It's going to come through the hands of the church. It's going to come through preachers and pastors. It's going to come through saints and believers. (laughs) 
And let me segue and say this. If the kingdom of heaven is going to get into every area of your life, it's going to happen through your connection to the church. It's going to, I said it's going to happen through, listen, I know the enemy is doing everything he can in this hour to get people disconnected from the church, to get people disconnected from the body of Christ. But I'm here today to tell you that it's your connection to the body. It's your connection to the bride. It's your connection to the church. It's your connection to the woman that is going to bring a rise into your life, that is going to lift your life out of the depravity of sin to sit in heavenly places with God. Amen. Everybody say through the church. I wonder is anybody still thankful in 2021 for the church? I wonder is there anybody that can look back and say, you know what, since, since I got connected to the church, since I got connected to the bride of Christ, since I got connected to the body of believers, my life has been lifted. My family has been lifted. Come on, my, my hope has been lifted. My faith has been lifted. Listen, I'm preaching to everybody in this building. It's not time to get loosely connected to the church. You need to bind yourself to the body of Christ. The Bible says that the woman, the typology of the church, she hid the leaven. Now I know we could look at that and say, well, why would you hide the leaven? We're not supposed to be hiding this. Well, the word hid there is not implying that she waited until her husband was in the other room. Valentine gone bad. He's looking out the window, gazing out in the backyard, and she sneaks a little something into the dough. She sneaks a little leaven into that. That's not the word. The Greek word that is used there means to put into or to mix into. For anyone familiar with the process of baking bread, you know that the active ingredient has to be kneaded into the dough. That's what that word hid there means. It's a process of mixing that yeast, that, that active ingredient into the bread. She, didn't just uh, she did not just tuck the active ingredient into the dough and then walk away. She didn't just kind of slide it in there and then walk in the other room and say, I'll come back and check on it in a while. But it was a process. It was a process of hiding the dough, of kneading the dough that enabled it to leaven the whole lump. See, if she just would have placed that yeast in there and just kind of stirred it around a little bit, it only would have affected a little bit. It would have only affected the things that it touched. But when she hid the dough, when she hid the yeast, when she kneaded it, and mixed it, it got into every part. It got into every part of that, of that dough that she was mixing. That word hid there is a process that involves applying pressure. I asked for this video to be shown because it gives you a greater imagery of what this woman was doing when she hid the yeast inside, that, that leaven inside of the dough. It, it is a process that involves pressure. You've got to Push down. I think Brooke made some bread yesterday, some rolls, and I saw her in the kitchen kneading. I was going to do a video of her doing it, but I thought she might not appreciate that. But you've got to press down. You've got to put some pressure onto that dough that you're making, and then you've got to stretch it, and then you've got to push it, and you've got to pull it, and that's the only way that the leaven is able to transform the whole dough, the whole loaf that is there, because the leaven will only transform what it touches. 
And if you only place the leaven into the dough, it will only transform the area immediately surrounding it. But when you began to do as this woman did, when you began to do as the woman in the book of Matthew did, and you began to mix and stir, and you begin to stretch and pull, then that yeast begins to touch, that leaven begins to touch every area of the dough. I believe this is a powerful application for the life of every believer in this church today. When we come to church and we just kind of tuck God into one little area of our life, we just allow, you know, for that little Sunday morning experience, we did. That's kind of Sunday, that's what I do on Sunday morning. I, I go to church and I, I raise my hands. And that's really cute, but it doesn't change the rest of your life. Because you're not, you're, you got the wrong hide, you got the wrong hid. You're, you're trying to keep a secret from the world around you what you do on Sunday morning. But this woman, she said, you know what? I'm going to apply some pressure in that area. And I'm going to pull and I'm going to push. And I'm going to stretch a little bit because I don't just want a Jesus that's in one area of my life. I want a Savior that's loose in every area of my life. So, 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 so don't just come to church and hear the preacher and then go home and, and forget about what you heard. You need to wrestle with that word a little bit. You need, you need to do like Jacob did at that, at that river Jabbok when he began to wrestle with that angel. You know what Jacob was doing? He was saying, I want every part of my life to be transformed. I've got a few things going for me, but I need a transformation. So I'm going to hide this. You need to rest a little bit. Amen. I thank God. There, there are times a few weeks ago I preached something and I was not intentionally, but I was, I, I was not accurate in what I said. It wasn't a big heaven or hell thing. I, I was preaching about Pilate and I said in my, Pilate and Herod, and I said in my statement, Pilate was an elected official. That's not true. Pilate was an appointed official. Again, I don't think anybody's going to go to hell because I got that one wrong. But I'm thankful because after church, somebody stopped me and asked me about that. Now, I'm not asking you guys to stop me about every little detail, so don't get me wrong. I, I think I might be forming a little issue for myself now. Y'all, you said the, and it was the. All right, and we're not talking about that. But, but I, I'm, th I'm thankful when you go home and you, you, you wrestle a little bit with the passage of Scripture. Not just what did the preacher preach today, but what did that word have to do with my life? Uh, Lord, I want to know what is that? What did you mean today when that word went forth? How can I get that into my life? Uh, you need to go home and you need to wrestle a little bit with that word. Uh, you need to get alone with it like Jacob did uh, and say, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's the only way that the Word starts changing your life. That's the only way the Word begins to transform you. Otherwise, here's what happens. Otherwise, we come to church and we do what we thought the woman did. We just tuck it away. We hide it. Oh, husband's coming. Got to cover that back up. We hide it. and just, All it does is affect our 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock Sunday morning experience. That's all it affects. And then we go back to work on Monday and we live like the same devil we used to be. And we go home on Tuesday afternoon and we treat our spouse like the same devil we used to treat other people like. Nothing is changed in our life because we're not hiding it. We're not mixing it. We're not stirring it. I come today not to have a good two-hour experience, but I came today to wrestle with God. I came today to get some. Something deeper. 
My worship is not a shallow experience. My worship is not so you can think that I look cute. My worship is getting a hold of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 3. It says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. It's an entirely different Greek word. The one there means keep it a secret. Conceal it. Put a lid on it. If we're not careful, we get the wrong hid in the wrong place. We think that the kingdom of heaven is going to be most effective if I keep a secret what God... No, you need to testify. You came to church today and God healed your body. The last thing you need to do is put a lid on that. Come on, if you're in this house today and God turned your life around, the last thing you need to do is put a lid on that. If you're in this building today and God saved your marriage and put your family back together, the last thing you need to do is sit there and put a lid on the, what you need to do is stand up and say, I'm going to mix that into every area of my life. Lord, I want you to get into my thoughts. I want you to get into my actions. Come on, somebody mix it up a little bit right now. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I'm telling you, we got the wrong definition just coming to church and having a good two, three-hour experience and we're leaving the same way that we were when we came. That's not what the kingdom of heaven is like. And that's not how the kingdom of heaven is going to transform our world. That's not how the kingdom of heaven is going to transform our workplaces. When we walk into work and we put a lid on what God did on Sunday morning. I'm not saying you got to walk in there and say, okay, praise team, cue it up. I'm not saying you got to take that approach. That may not be effective either. But God's going to open doors for you. And when the door opens, you need to walk through it. Somebody asked you, hey, how come, you're, how come you're in such a good mood? You had the same bad day I had. You, hey, that's an open door. Huh? That's an opportunity for me to let the leaven. Huh? That's an opportunity for me to let the leaven begin to move. My worship experience doesn't end when the music stops playing. My worship experience doesn't end when the altar call is over. My worship experience doesn't end when I get in my car and begin to drive home. But on the way home, I begin to say, thank you, Lord, for what you did today. On Monday morning, I wake up and I say, thank you, Lord, for what you did yesterday. Wrestle. Come on, somebody wrestle. We got to begin to wrestle with a little bit. We got to get the word mixed up into every area of because the word can only transform what it touches. The result, we get that word out and we need it. When you, when you, David said, I, that word of I hid in my heart. That's a Hebrew word that means treasured. Again, not talking about concealing, but that word of I hid in my heart. When you open your Bible, that listen, and we're going to talk about this in a moment. I'm not going to be much longer. But you don't have to read the whole Bible every morning you get up. One verse, though. If you read one verse, but don't just read it and then put your Bible up. Wrestle with that verse throughout the day. God, what, what does this word mean in my life today? What does this word mean? How should I be treating others? Lord, what does this word mean? What, what does my mindset need to be? What is this word trying to change in my life? 
The result is that the whole gets leavened. Every part of your life begins to take on the quality of the leaven. And what was the leaven? The kingdom of heaven. So I ask you today, are there parts of your walk with God that you've compartmentalized? Are you concealing the leaven in certain compartments of your life? Or are you mixing in the leaven? Are you needing that, that word, that leaven, that kingdom of heaven? Are you needing it into your life? Because the doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees does the opposite. It compartmentalizes. I've got holy me and then I've got secret me that nobody else knows about. What's that the result of? It's the result of a doctrine that got loose 2,000 years ago and it's still impacting people today. But I'm going to tell you the opposite. What will defeat the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees is not debunking them with, with mind, knowledge, and theology. What will, what will defeat that doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees is when you begin to come into worship service and you mix it up and you begin to say, God, I want you to get into every area of my life. Lord, I want you to change my vocabulary. I want you to change the way I look at people. I want you to change the way I talk to people. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven begins to manifest in your life not because you went to church, not because you heard the preacher preach, not because you raised your hands, cried tears. Yes, those are all part of the process, but when you take those experiences and you work them into every area of your life, and I'm almost finished, but I just have a few more points. And the parable continues and says that the woman, the typology of the church, when she needed the leaven, and I like this next part, when she kneaded them into three measures of meal. It was when the leaven was measured out into three equal measures that then the whole became leavened. And I couldn't help but think of the power of the gospel. A man that is applied to our life through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A man that is the gospel. I begin to think, how, does the, how did the leaven get loose in the, in the New Testament church? Well, it was through those three acts of Jesus Christ when he was crucified, when he was buried, and when he resurrected. Amen. The gospel began to get loose into the whole world. How do I get the leaven loose into my life? When you stop playing by religious tradition and you obey what Simon Peter said on the day of Pentecost. Repent. That's loaf number one. Be baptized. That's loaf number two. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's loaf number three. And when it was divided into three measures, it got into everything. I wonder, is there anybody still thankful for a plan of salvation? Are you still thankful for the repentance of sins? Are you still thankful for baptism in Jesus' name that washes away the old man? Anybody thankful my wife taught Wednesday night, did a great job. Is there anybody thankful right now for the infilling of the Holy Ghost? Listen, until, until you get the leaven in three measures in your life, it will not affect every area of your life. Until you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. still the plan of salvation. Tell your neighbor it still works. Come on, do I have a testimony in the house? It still works. Such were some of you. Don't act all dignified today. 
I know you all look good today with your suits and ties on and your pretty dresses, but don't you forget where Jesus brought you from. It was when that leaven got loose. It's when that leaven got divided into three measures that my life was changed. And it still transformed the addict into the apostle. It still turns the broken into the blessed. It still, still changes the whole, the hurting into the whole. It still transforms the victim into the victor. Time to stop concealing and keeping a secret the power of the gospel. It's time to need the power of the gospel into every area of your life. For we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the, for it is the, you don't sound convincing, for it is the, come on, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Somebody in this building today, let us not forget where our power comes from. Our power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our power is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the whole was leavened. Stand with me. The whole. So raise our hands together. Right, I want all of my life. Come on, somebody. Somebody in the building want every area of your life. I want my language. I want the way I treat people. It's a shame when we come to church and act like a Christian and we go treat our waitress at the restaurant like dirt. Come on, I'm going to preach to you now because now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm walking on dangerous ground because we, we want to keep the leaven over here. Pastor, if she don't bring my food out on time, I don't have to treat her with respect. Really? We went to the restaurant earlier this week, probably had the worst experience we've had at that restaurant ever. The waitress, she didn't do a good job. I think she had some other things on her mind. And I was, I was not happy. Probably she could read my body language. But I, th I thought, you know, so I gave her a better tip than I've given most other waitresses because I'm not just representing me. I want, the, I want the leaven to get into every area of my life. I, I, want, I, want, I don't want to be, this world is waiting for us to begin to hate each other because our skin color is a di little different. If you're struggling with prejudice and racism, you need to start wrestling with the leaven because the leaven will transform that. If you really got the Holy Ghost, it won't let you hate somebody because their skin color is different than yours. It won't let you hate somebody because they look a little bit different than you do. I'm going to tell you, the only way you can be prejudiced and be a Christian is if you're a Sunday morning only Christian. You stop wrestling. Let's raise our hands together. I want it to get into every area of my life. God, get into my finances. Get into the way that I love other people. Get into the way that I treat people. Get into the way that I treat the lady that cut me off in traffic the other day. Get into the way that I think on Monday morning. Get into the way that I think when everything in my life seems to be going wrong, the leaven will change me if I let it touch me. That's the only way the kingdom of heaven is going to change our world. Is we got to start mixing it into every area of our life. Y'all hearing me today? I know this isn't real. You know, we're not going to float out of here today. I'm talking to us where we're living today. But when you begin to need the kingdom into your life, the result 
What did it say? It said that it identified the leaven as what, Brother Roberts? What was the leaven in, in the kingdom of heaven, right? It, it said the kingdom of heaven was the leaven. When they began to wrestle with it, what did it say? It said the whole became leaven. In other words, everything took on the attributes of the kingdom of heaven. And the only way that our world is going to be transformed is we've got to start needing the word our lives. we got to start wrestling with what God is doing. God, when you do something on Sunday morning, it's not so I can leave it on the shelf, but it's so I can take it with me into my world. Start needing it. Mixing it in. The next thing you know, you start thinking kingdom-minded thoughts. Jealousy becomes trust. Skepticism becomes faith. Suspicion becomes certainty. Envy becomes encouragement. Comparison becomes contentment. You start speaking kingdom conversations. Doubt becomes confidence. Fear becomes faith. Uncertainty becomes assurance. Gossip becomes edifying. The next time you're sitting around playing spades and or Monopoly or whatever your flavor is. And as conversations tend to, we begin to drift when you've been wrestling, when you've been mixing that leaven in, rather than tearing somebody down, you begin to edify. They're not even in the room, but we start lifting them up. They're nowhere around, but we start talking about the good qualities in their life. Slander becomes encouragement. And here is the beautiful part. Are you ready for the best part? Tell your neighbor, I'm ready for it to be done. Just for that, I'm preaching another hour. Justin, you ready for the best part? Here's the best part. Here's the best part. Most Bible scholars and theologians, they, they put the parable that's found in the two preceding verses together with the parable in verse 33. Two parables, but they combine them together as speaking the same principle. The parable before that was a man who put a mustard seed in the ground and it grew to become a great tree that the birds came and lodged in the branches of that tree. The commonality in both of these perils, parables is it started out as something small and it ended as something great. They t I was reading commentaries about this woman who hid the leaven in, the low, in, in these lumps of dough. And you know, we think about that and we think, you know, probably five or six dinner, dinner rolls. It was enough bread to feed 500 people started out with just a few measures of yeast started out with something small started out with something almost microscopic but when she began to mix that in it becomes something great that could feed a multitude of people and the lie of the enemy is that you can't make an impact until you have all the answers that you can't change your world until you can pray eloquent prayers that you can't impact others around you until you have amazing faith. Listen, the devil would tell everybody in this building that there's no way that little old me could do anything to change my world. But I want you to consider right now that Christianity today, 2.4 billion people claim to be a Christian and it started with 12 followers of Jesus. 2.4 billion people and it started out with 12 followers of Jesus when they showed up to the house of Jason 
in Acts chapter 17, they, what they said is these men are turning the whole world upside down. Just a handful of believers. In Matthew 11 and 12, Jesus said this, from the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Forcefully advancing. It starts out, could start out with just you raising your hands right now. Could start out with just that one simple statement of faith. I believe God has greater things for my life. It's not the most eloquent prayer. You're, you're not going to get confused with Billy Graham for that prayer. You're, you're not going to get confused with Bishop Staten for that prayer. It starts with the little things. It starts with that one simple Sunday morning raising of the hand. In sincerity, we say, God, I'm ready for you to start infiltrating every area of my life. I'm tired of worshiping on Sunday and going back to the same old me on Monday. It's a sincere prayer. And so I'm asking everybody in this building to raise your hands with me. Our world is, our world is hurting right now. Our world is desperate for somebody, something that has real hope. We have it. We have it. It's already been divided into three measures. The gospel, the, the, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. The, 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 the measure is already there. It's been provided to the church. But we've got to start mixing that into our lives. We've got to stop living Sunday segmented lives and then going back to Mondays that are not being changed by the gospel. One of the great stories of the Christian church is the story of Telemachus. Was kind of a hermit, a loner that lived in the desert. The call of God beckoned him to, to Rome, and so he went. At that time, Rome had a good constituency of Christians, but even in Christian Rome, gladiator games went on. Y'all have probably seen some form of gladiator games. These men would fight with one another in these coliseums where 80,000 people would join together. They would fight until the death. Somebody would die inside of that Colosseum. As Tele Telemachus made his way into that Colosseum, he was horrified by what he saw. Knives being swung at one another, clubs beating against one another. Telemachus asked himself, who are these men that are destroying one another? Are they not also God's creation? So with everybody else, simply joining into the craziness of the moment. Telemachus leapt out of his seat, jumped over the wall into the arena, and he placed himself between two of the gladiators, not allowing them to continue in battle. The crowd began to throw stones at Telemachus, knocking him to the ground. The gladiators began to engage in battle again. Telemachus jumped to his feet again and ran between the two gladiators that were fighting man that was overseeing the, the fight there in the ring that day he had the power thumbs up meant you let him live thumbs down meant he dies as everybody watched he put his thumb down and those men drove their spears through Telemachus and he died in the middle of that Colosseum and historians tell us that that moment the crowd there was an awareness that came on the crowd as they watched an innocent holy man had died and that day would be the final battle in a gladiator coliseum. 
one man. By his death, one man cleansed an empire of an evil. One man. Listen, today the enemy wants you to think that your one action today doesn't really matter. It can't really change anything. You don't have the power. Nothing you do right now is going to make a difference anyhow. But I beg to differ. I believe right now one act of faith can begin to set things in motion that changes the trajectory of your family. I wonder if there's a dad that would walk down to this altar today. One act of faith. One act of faith that, God, you're going to save my family. God, you're going to save my children. Is there a mother? Is there somebody that will walk down to this altar today and say, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm really all that significant at all. I don't think I'm that much. I don't know if what I'm about to do is really going to have that great of an impact. I want you to walk down to this altar right now, and I want you to begin to wrestle with what God has just spoken. Once you begin to rest, I want you to ask yourself some hard questions. Is the word impacting every area of my life? Come on, I want you to ask yourself some hard questions. Is the word really changing me? Is it really transforming? Has there really been a big change in my life or am I kind of the same as I used to be? Have I become more of a concealer? Man, a mixer. Right now, Lord, I come to this altar and I raise my hands. It's just one act of faith. But God, I'm asking you, let this word get loose in every area of my life. Lord, let this word get loose. Change my vocabulary. Change the way I talk. Change the way I walk. Change the way I love. Change the way I look at other people. Change the way I feel about other people. Change me, oh God. Come on, if you'll start needing it, it will leaven the whole lump. If you'll start needing it, it will leaven the whole lump. If you'll start wrestling a little bit with what the preacher preached to you this morning, it will begin to get into every area of your life. We're going to change our world. Living hope, we're going to change our world. I know we're just one little church tucked away in one little corner of Southern Maryland. But I believe God is looking for somebody that will start mixing in faith. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.